0: The Soccer Gambling Podcast is brought to you by WingBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $500 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. we also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use your promo code SGP on your first deposit. Receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's propswap.com and the promo 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 code SGP. Also brought to you by Pixwise. Pixwise is the number one home of free sports betting picks. Visit Pixwise.com to make your next bet better. But also brought to you by Odds Crowd. Are you the best football better in the US? Odds Crowd challenges you to prove it with their free to play fantasy betting contests. With over $30,000 up for grabs over the season, you need to go to OddsCrowd.com to sign up today. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app. SGPN is giving you the chance to win $100,000 on NFL Week 1, exclusively on the SGPN app.
1: a big finish to this half and that took a deflection Ronaldo he only does Hollywood scripts one of the greatest to ever grace this famous pitch has returned to add to his legend old Trappard rises up the phenomenon that is Cristiano Ronaldo lives on at Old Trafford Shaw finding Cristiano Ronaldo Ronaldo
0: FYI, that noise you hear when Ronaldo scores, that ain't a boo, that's a sue. S-I-U-U-U-U-U and you are listening to the EPL show here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast, fresh off landing two more locks last weekend. You can follow me on the Soccer Gambling Podcast Twitter at SGPSoccer, that's at SGPSoccer, to get all of my additional content which included an NFL Thursday Night Football sweep last night, 4-0, you can head over to Lockbetting.com where we are heading towards our 100th month in a row of Transparent Track Profit. That means for 99 months, for over 8 years, I have been undefeated on a monthly basis in sports gambling. So if you want to be a part of that head over to lockbetting.com. Just remember, if you do sign up in the middle of the month, you still have access to all of our futures plays from the NFL, which you can still get on, and our Champions League plays and our domestic soccer plays, and you'll still get plays until the end of the month, but you will be billed again on the 1st of October. So you have missed the opportunity to get the entire month of content, but you can still get two weeks of content, but you will be billed again on the 1st. So if you don't think it's worth your while, just wait until the first of October and come on board for that one hundred and first month. If you want to check out how transparent we are, look at the pinned tweet on the Twitter account at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. It is the P and L from the previous month. Or you can go to Lockbetting.com and you can see many, 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 many months of previous P&L on a completely transparent website because we use Patreon for our service. As I said, the only drawback of that is that it does bill you on the 1st of each month. So if you sign up for this weekend Soccer, You will only be getting two weeks of content before you are billed again. But there are various packages on there. You get podcast pack, soccer pack, or all sports pack, which is the track pack. But you can just get yourself a podcast pack, which will get you the European show this weekend. And two exclusive Champions League shows every match day, plus the Europa League show as well, which was a very successful show that went out yesterday. So lockbetting.com is the place to go to get this additional content. You're here for the content we're about to put out, which is the EPL show. Looking at the Slater games here for Match Day Five. Don't forget to check out our Serie A preview as well on Scamessa Italia this weekend. We begin with a Friday night game here, which sees Leeds travelling to Newcastle United, who are desperately in need of a win after getting thumped at Old Trafford in the clip that you've just heard last weekend, the debut of Cristiano Ronaldo. Leads are available here at thirteen to ten as the favourites to win this game. It's thirteen to five on the draw and Newcastle here are the two to one outsiders. There's a lot of talk here about Newcastle, about Steve Bruce losing his job and just generally about how poor of a team they are and and how um, the fans are very, very unhappy with Steve Bruce. I understand all of that because Newcastle have been consistently in the bottom half, but... They haven't been close to relegation under Steve Bruce. And given the amount of money that he gets to spend from the owner, I think that's a pretty decent achievement when you consider this this team and what he has to choose from, from personnel. As for Leeds, they seem to be escaping all criticism from being bashed at Manchester United, for being bashed last weekend against Liverpool. They seem to be escaping it because they play pretty football. The manager's a little bit eccentric and popular and they seem above this criticism even though they themselves have also had a horrible start to the season. But nobody's talking about Leeds and what is an equally poor start to the season and that's because they don't have that glamorous manager who plays this sexy style of football that's eccentric. They have Steve Bruce who is a fat man from Newcastle with an ugly face, with a smashed up broken nose on his face, who was a no-nonsense central defender who played for Manchester United at his peak. So it's easy to pick on Bruce. It's easy to pine for a more glamorous kind of foreign manager. And it's more easy to attack Steve Bruce. It's much easier to do that. But the fact is, is that they've both had equally poor starts and Leeds have been... Comfortably bashed by the top teams here in the league. As soon as they press up too deep, they leave gaps in and behind. They're very predictable to play against. I predicted exactly what would happen to them last weekend here uh, on the EPL show against the report, and it was as close to perfect gapping as you can get. So, moving on to this game. Um, I'm going to take a chalky play here, which is going to be both teams to score. It's only available here at 3-5. And that's 3-5 to five here for a reason, because neither of these two teams have shown the ability to defend so far this season. Both teams have scored. In six of these teams, eight combined Premier League games this season. And Newcastle have seen goals at both ends in 13 of their last 16 home league matches. Um, So when you take that data into consideration... Um, you you have to think that both teams are going to score add to that fact that they've both already played out in 2-2 draws this season as well Uh, 6 of Newcastle's Premier League home games last season finished with over 3.5 goals and 5 of Newcastle's last 7 Premier League home games have produced over 2.5 goals so Bruce, I think, is doing this to try and and keep his job. He's trying to play a better brand of football. He has the attacking players to do that. He has Almiron. He has St. Maximan. He signed um, Callum Wilson, who was a very good goal scorer for Newcastle last season and will be again this year when he gets back and fit. So they do have the more attractive type of players to play a better brand of football, but... Essentially, this is a defensive manager and this is a team who, who needs to shut up shop on certain games. They can't just go out there and all-out attack these top teams. They're almost trying to become a Leeds because Leeds as I said are exempt for that kind of criticism but when you look at the players in each team per man there isn't too many differences in personnel in terms of you wouldn't categorically say hey Leeds are a much better team if I'm putting these two squads together I want eight Leeds players in my starting lineup and three Newcastle players not at all I would say um, I I was equally confident about beating either one of these two teams when they came to Old Trafford the issue with the the Leeds game my concern was when Man United played them earlier on in the season was the fitness issues. But give me Leeds and give me Newcastle in the middle of the season and I wouldn't care as a Man United fan about playing either of them. But I think you'll see goals tonight as both teams haven't shown that they can defend so far this season and both teams have scored short price but it's the best way to go for tonight's game. This next one is quite the opposite here on Saturday morning between Wolves and Brentford. Where Wolves are the five to six favourites here. It's 12 to five on the draw, and it's 18 to five here on Brentford. I was uh, one of the few people that tipped Wolves to get winning last week. They had such a high expected goal number. It was only a matter of time before they put the ball in the net and they scored a couple of goals last weekend to win away to Watford. They get newly promoted opposition here again and I think they'll be able to win again. Brentford's unbeaten record is gone. Happened in stoppage time last week. Premiership class told and uh, Brighton, the more established Premier League team, won away to Brentford. I think that will be difficult for them to recover from. I think that Really, do, really does end the honeymoon period, and this is another t- another tough game against a uh, Wolves team that do create a lot of chances. I think they'll dominate this game in possession and in terms of chances created. But I also do think it will be a low-scoring game. And Brentford, despite the fact they lost last week, they've still only lost two of the last twenty games in all competitions. Whereas Wolves have only won one of their last seven Premier League matches, and both of Brent- Brentford's away games this season have ended in draws. So they have shown that they can come away to Premier League games. Uh, Premier league teams and play well Uh, Wolves have failed to keep a clean sheet in 9 of the last 10 Premier League games Uh, that was broken last weekend and all 4 of Wolves Premier League games this season have ended with under 2.5 goals now that's a key one I do think this one will end with under 2.5 goals as well it's a short price though at 4-7, I would rather take the chance on Wolves on the money line or even Wolves to nil here because I do think they'll win this game by by shutting Brentford out. I think they'll just have so much more of the ball and the chances in great things. But eventually, much like last weekend, I think they'll break through. Um, I think they showed that they are the the much better team They were a much better team in the last week's game against Watford and I think coming home here when you've already dominated Manchester United and you finally got that pressure off your back by having that win and this new manager gets his first win, you're going to be welcoming this home game against another newly promoted team and looking at the opportunity to go back to back. So I'm going to take Wolves here on the money line in this game. Up um, next, we move on to the three o'clock kickoffs, and it's Arsenal traveling away to Burnley, off the back of landing uh, one of our two locks last weekend. Thank you, um, Arsenal. Here are the ten to eleven favourites to win this game. It's thirteen to five, the draw, and it's eleven to four on Burnley. This will be more of a test there for Arsenal than playing Norwich at home, and it's not a test that they came through in flying colours, winning just by a single Labamian goal in the second half that doesn't convince me here that you're going to go away to Burnley. Although, the interesting statistical data that I dug up here is that Arsenal are unbeaten in their last six visits to Burnley in the Premier League. And while six of Burnley's last eight Premier League home matches have ended with both sides scoring, you have to factor in some of that end of the season stuff from last year because um, things didn't really matter as much towards the end of the season because Burnley was safe. The last three meetings between these sides have featured a total of just three goals. Burnley aren't beaten in their last three meetings of Arsenal drawing one all in their last encounter which is interesting because Arsenal aren't beaten in their last six visits to Burnley but Burnley aren't beaten in their last three meetings with Arsenal so a lot of this is pointing towards a draw and uh, Burnley and Arsenal have scored just four goals between them in the Premier League this season. So I like the draw here, but I also like the under, under two and a half goals. Somebody may be able to, to nick this game and break the deadlock, which concerns me. And if it is going to be a draw, it's going to be a one-all draw. I'm not looking at this being a 2-2 draw. I don't think these teams go from scoring four goals between them in the Premier League this season to scoring four goals in a single, in a single game. So my main lean here will be on the under um, but I'm also looking at the draw here. If I'm looking for a bigger price, I don't want to take Arsenal to win this game away at Burnley simply off the back of just beating Norwich last weekend. I think Arteta is still in trouble here at this club. Up next, you're looking at Liverpool at home to Crystal Palace, where Liverpool are short one to four favourites. It's six to one the draw, and it's twelve to one on Palace. Palace have done really well the last two weeks now, um, getting a 2-2 draw at West Ham. And of course, smashing Tottenham by three goals to nil last weekend. But I do think they beat get beaten here without troubling the scorers. Just to be safe though, I'm going to take Liverpool and tackle the under four and a half goals as to take Liverpool to nil. Now, I do think Liverpool will win this with a clean sheet and if you do want to take Liverpool to nil that is available for you at plus money here at 11-10 to but I'm going to take the safer bet of Liverpool and under four and a half goals here at four to six just in case there is a moment of complacency and Palace do score Liverpool have scored 12 goals in five competitive games so far this season but Palace are a little bit more difficult to break down when they play away from home by putting men behind the ball and inviting teams to break them down that's what happened against Chelsea but when that result came through it Comfortably cash Chelsea with the under four, under four and a half. I'm expecting the same here. Crystal Palace's last five meetings with Liverpool have seen them concede 19 goals to Liverpool in total. And um, in addition to that, Crystal Palace have failed to score on three of the last four trips to Anfield. And Crystal Palace, though, but Crystal Palace though, have been level at the break in three of the last four fixtures. So that pretty much lends weight to my argument in terms of Palace not being a huge danger to contribute to the scoring. I'm not worried if they do, because if they do, it'll be on the counter-attack and it will be a case of um, Liverpool needing to then get back into the game. So I think if Palace score, it'll be Palace scoring first. I don't see Palace equalising from Liverpool going ahead in this game because I think what will happen in that instance is once Liverpool do break through, then Crystal Palace will leave gaps on the attack that Liverpool will be able to exploit and to extend this score, which is going to be to the benefit of those that like to take handicaps in these type of games. But I think the key thing is, is that when Liverpool break them down, and the fact that Crystal Palace have been level at the break of three of the last four fixtures show that they do play that style where they are difficult to break down uh, they've only played better teams in them so far with the exception of of Brentford and the way Brentford started this season that uh, a lot of people were picking Brentford to win that game so similarly you could argue that Palace have been an underdog in every game but when you're going away to West Ham and you're playing at home to Tottenham and you're going away to Chelsea you are a definite and definitive underdog who are going to sit men behind the ball you're all your tactics are going to be to not be scored against and you're going to be looking for counters and set pieces. Now as the season moves on, stylistically Patrick Vieira is going to try and move away from the style of football that Roy Hodgson likes to play and you're going to see a little bit of that and you saw that here last week as soon as Tottenham went down to 10 men. Crystal Palace went for the jugular and they went for the jugular successfully. I'm not sure that they would have beaten Tottenham 3-0 with 20 minutes to go with Roy Hodgson in charge in that in that game but in that instance last weekend they did. So it's a different kind of Palace. They Will evolve, but I think essentially the same tactics will come into play in this game. But Liverpool will break through and uh, they'll win this game, and your under won't be in any danger at all. Hopefully, uh, up next we have Manchester City at home to Southampton, where Man City either want the one seven favourites 15 to 2 to draw, and it's 18 to 1 on Southampton. Some hilarious things happened this week where Pep Guardiola um, criticised the Manchester City fans for not coming to the Leipzig game. I believe they only had thirty seven, thirty eight thousand there of a fifty five thousand capacity. That's embarrassing when you consider that Man United sell every single game out, even an FA Cup third round game against uh, Wigan, Man United would sell that game out in some way, somehow. But Manchester City couldn't sell out tickets, cheap tickets, £20 tickets, for the game in the Champions League at home to Leipzig. A 6-3 win, a key game in their Champions League season. And I've been saying that all season. It's consistent with Manchester City and their, and their lack of fan support and their inability to sell out any games. The Manchester City-Man U game, the Manchester City-Liverpool game, they've all been on sale since the start of the season and they've not sold them out. They've not been able to sell out those games. You can go on the website. Yeah, you'll have to buy a Manchester City citizens membership, but you can still get a ticket to Man United and uh, Liverpool, the Liverpool games. I've, I've got a Man City membership because I'm waiting to go and watch the um, Man City Paris Saint-Germain game. So I bought a membership simply just to attend that one game because if you don't buy it from Manchester City directly you'll be getting it on the on the black market and a ticket to see Messi in that game in Man City versus PSG is going to set you back well over 6 or 700 pounds. So a 40 a 40 pound membership and a 70 pound ticket is absolutely no issue for me at all to see Messi come to England. But the fact is, is that the Manchester City supporters aren't buying tickets for any of the other games. They're not even buying tickets for the big games. The Arsenal game wasn't a sellout out either. The Leipzig game wasn't a sellout, not even close. So this is embarrassing. As much as this team want to be a big team and be put in the same conversation as Man United and they can rack up these Premier Leagues with their oil money and the 60 70 million pound players and and squad players like Nathan Ake who's a 40 million pound centre-back that sits on the bench um they still haven't hit the heights in terms of making people Manchester City supporters that want to actually go and see them they still don't have worldwide brand awareness and Pep Guardiola complaining about that well the funniest part of that was the fact that he was criticised by um, by his own staff members at manchester city he was criticized by one of the directors who said that pep guardiola should stick to coaching and he's now come out and doubled down on what he said so there's a lot of unrest here and it's become such a funny joke you just need to go through twitter and look at some of the jokes here i've dug it up and there's a picture here of pep guardiola and someone's put this random guy just pulled up outside my house and is refusing to leave until I buy Manchester City tickets. Someone's put, just peeled off my Mackie, Mackie D's, that's McDonald's for uh, Americans, uh, my Mackie D's Monopoly sticker on my Big Mac. And I have just won a Manchester City versus Southampton ticket and the milkshake machine was still broke. Uh, The joke there is the milkshake machines in England are not always broken. And uh, we have a game at the moment with Monopoly where they stick Monopoly stickers onto the burger boxes and the chip boxes and the drinks. And you can win prizes and they're usually like um, a free Big Mac or a free coffee or a free drinks or chips or whatever. Uh, It's not Manchester City tickets, obviously, but that's the joke. Uh, It kills the joke, me trying to explain the joke, but I know a lot of this is... Um, me translating English to American. Um, another one here. I was just pouring my cereal into a bowl, and a ticket for Manchester City versus Southampton fell out the box. I'm absolutely shocked. You obviously get that one because I know you have prizes in your cereals. Um, I heard you can exchange arcade tickets for some Manchester City tickets. I think I'll hold on to them though. That's a joke from when we go to the arcades, and you can collect loads of tickets in that counter at the front. There are these prizes that you can win. But if you collect up more and more tickets, you can get better and better prizes. So this guy's joke is, is that I've decided to wait for a better prize in Manchester City tickets. Um, I just found a ticket to Manchester City versus Southampton on my windscreen after parking my car on a double yellow line. Um, 20,000 Manchester City tickets available for Manchester City versus Southampton. Buy and must collect please email pep at com. Has anyone done any jokes about getting a free Manchester City ticket with something they've bought yet? Um, lost my job last week, had to sign on. All the forms to fill out would give you a headache. But in between all the paperwork, there was a free ticket to Manchester City versus Southampton. Uh, yeah, there's just loads and loads and loads. They've become a massive joke here on Twitter. And it's good because I've been joking about this team for years because... They are not a real big club; they are a franchise who are owned by oil owners who are trying to manufacture a massive football club by plowing as much money into it and buying them as much players and as many trophies as they possibly can and Nobody still wants to watch them or support them um, but anyway they 're here as the one to seven favorites to beat Southampton a game they 'll comfortably win uh, they 'll look amazing en route to victory, and nobody will care about it. Uh, I'm going to take Manchester City here to cover a minus 1.5 Asian handicap line here, which is available at 4-7. I think they comfortably here win this by more than a goal. I also like Manchester City to score over two and a half goals by themselves as the Manchester City team total. Uh, They're coming into this game, they've scored 16 Goals in their last three competitive home games this season or their only three competitive home games this season. That's uh, five against Norwich, five against Arsenal, six against Leipzig. The hosts have won each of their last three home games by a 5-0 scoreline that extends on to the 5-0 win against Everton at the end of last season. Southampton haven't won away to Man City since 2004 when Man City were a real club. Um, Manchester City's last three Premier League home games Have been wins with over three and a half goals. And six of Man City's last eight Premier League games have featured over two and a half goals. So Man City and the minus 1.5 handicap along with Manchester City over two and a half team goals. I like both of those plays equally for this game as Man City win comfortably at home to Southampton. Up next we look at Norwich versus Watford. You could say already this is a six pointer down the bottom Watford are the underdogs here at 12-5, to 23-10 the draw and Norwich are the 11-10 to favourites. I don't want to be backing Norwich as a favourite, I'm not interested in that and I can get Watford to avoid a defeat here at 4-6 one fifty. Watford come into this having won their last four meetings with Norwich. Norwich have lost each of the last 14 Premier League games, scoring just twice in that process. Both meetings between the sides last season ended in a 1-0 win for Watford, despite the fact Norwich were the champions, but they obviously struggled to play against Watford. Uh, Under two and a half goals has been a winning bet in Watford's last three Premier League games, and Watford have scored the first goal in three of their last four Premier League meetings with Norwich, who have a horrendous record in the Premier League. Uh, I can already tell you they're going to be going down, and that was a lock that we took at the start of the season, and it is looking very good. I'm also interested in Watford going down. So essentially, according to my predictions, this game won't matter either way towards the end of the season. But Norwich is a favourite. Fade that shit here. Take Watford to avoid that defeat. That's available at 4-6, minus one fifty here in this game. Final game for Saturday is Aston Villa at home to Everton, where Villa are the 11-8 favourites. It's 23-10 on the draw and it's 2-1 on Everton. Everton unbeaten so far this season, and they've managed to cope even without Calvert Lewin. But the, the absence of Calvert Lewin long term does put me off uh, taking Everton because that is their key goal scorer. They, they've bought players in with Rafa Benitez, the, such as uh, Townsend and Gray, to get crosses into the box. So this team. Under Benitez has been built around having Calvert Lewin there. Now, they didn't need him for the Burnley game, they managed to get through that. But I think you're pushing it here, taking him as an away underdog against Aston Villa. But I do think they'll find him there. I do think both teams will find in there. I really, really like this play here, which is available at four to five here in this game. Just know if you've picked up any sounds of a kid crying or anything, that isn't my kid. My kid is 10 years old, he does cry but normally when he loses at the PlayStation 5. But yeah, this is coming from outside. It's boiling, boiling hot today in London, and uh, I've got my apartment window open, and I'm not far from a park, so I am picking up these noises of this screaming kid. Um, Sometimes, obviously, you get the occasional noise of cars going by if you do do podcasts with your window open, but it's not as annoying as some... Bratty little kid So I apologise If you've picked that up here Moving back to this game uh, Both teams to score Reason being Aston Villa have scored In four of their last Five competitive games This season Whilst Everton have seen Both teams score In four of their last Five competitive games Also this season Aston Villa are unbeaten in their last four meetings with Everton, which is interesting. Uh, Aston Villa have failed, though, to keep a clean sheet in 12 of the last 14 Premier League games against Everton. And no team has more Premier League games with over three and a half goals this season than Everton do. So I'm going to take both teams to score here in this game. Very, very good supporting statistical data. And if I didn't have a couple of uh, very good situations on Sunday to choose from, this one would possibly be under lock contention. So we move on to those games here on Sunday and we begin with Brighton at home to Leicester where Brighton are the narrow 8-5 favourites. It's 9-4 Le draw, and it's 7-4 on Leicester. We're still trying to see how Europa League teams cope with playing here on a Sunday. Uh, Brighton have obviously had a load of rest because they didn't have to play in the week at all, so it'll be to their advantage here, they've also had a very very good start to the season whereas Leicester really haven't for a team that are supposed to be trying to compete for Champions League football, they've not had a very very good start compared to other years so I think Brighton might be able to nick this game, it's worth taking him here on the pick market at 10-11 to 11. Um, Brighton have won four of the last five competitive matches, This sorry Brighton have won four of their five competitive matches this season, whereas Leicester have only won one of the last four in all competitions losing twice and uh, that doesn't include not winning last night either blowing a 2 nil lead against Napoli uh, three of Brighton's last four games have been one to nil, so they are defending very solidly and I think they'll be a difficult team to break down I cannot see Leicester off the back of that Europa League game on a Thursday coming here and winning away to Brighton and these situations get even stronger as we begin to cover these games because it's West Ham versus Man United next where West Ham are the 8 to 15 underdog here it's 14 to 5 the draw and it's 5 to 6 on Man United I love Man United here for so many reasons. Not because I'm a Man United supporter, but simply because Man United played on Tuesday. And West Ham United played on Thursday. Man United played on Tuesday against Young Boys in a game where they got beaten. They are now in a bounce back spot. They also got beaten because they got reduced down to 10 men. So that adds more weight to the fact that they have the ability to bounce back because the defeat was a defeat based on the fact that they had 10 men. So as I said, they've been back since Tuesday and they are very, very much ready for this game on Sunday and looking to win it. Whilst Man United have been back since Tuesday night, prepared. Preparing for this game away to West Ham. West Ham were preparing for another game and it wasn't a game that was played at West Ham. It was a game that was fucking played in Croatia against Dynamo Zagreb. I'm doing this podcast on Friday morning and I'm pretty sure that this West Ham team still haven't got home. Meanwhile, Man United have been preparing for this game for three days. and West Ham are going to start their preparation for the game either today or tomorrow. And it's going to be very, very light preparation. In addition to that, they're missing Mikel Antonio, who's the focal point of this entire team. It was such a big problem for Dynamo Zagreb yesterday. Now, Man United notoriously don't do well going away to West Ham. A few years ago, they needed to win away to West Ham to qualify for the Champions League. And they lost. And um, I don't like... When Man United go away to West Ham I live quite close to West Ham And I don't usually buy tickets for this game Uh, I'm actually going to be at Tottenham and Chelsea on Sunday But I think this is a game that Man United can win I think it's a very, very good situation Despite all of that Despite everything I just said It still doesn't override the supporting data For both teams managing to score in this game Because from watching Man United play so far this season, I just don't see a clean sheet in them. Despite the fact the back line is Wan-Bissaka, Luke Shaw, Varane and Harry Maguire. They've conceded in every game but one. And Wolves should have scored. Wolves dominated that game. David De Gea had to make ridiculous saves for us to keep a clean sheet. Both teams have scored in four four, or five, four of Man United's five competitive games so far this season with that Wolves game being the only clean sheet and we shouldn't have got that one. Uh, West Ham have scored 12 goals in five matches in all competitions this season. And looking even further than that, Both teams have scored in four of Man United's last six Premier League away games and five of West Ham's last seven Premier League home games have produced over two and a half goals. So I like Man United to win here. I think it's a very, very good situation. Um, It may become an official play for my clients. As I said, to get all of my official plays, head over to my website, lockbetting.com to see why I actually go with officially this weekend. But when you're looking at Man United on the money line and you're comparing it to the overwhelming data of both teams to score and you think to yourself and you ask yourself that question, are West Ham going to be able to stop Ronaldo and Sanchez and Fernandes and Podba for 90 minutes? You come to the conclusion no, especially not coming off this horrible trip in Croatia. But then you think, Are oh, man, United are going to keep a clean sheet. Well, they've done it once so far this season in five games. Do they look like they're going to go to the London Stadium and keep a clean sheet? And the answer to that question is probably not. So, both teams to score will be my main lean here. But I also really like Manchester United on the money line. Uh, both plays fall under lock contention for me here today. But the lock here on this show is going to be the final game that we cover. It's Chelsea going away to Tottenham here. Where Chelsea are available also at 5-6 to six on the money line. It's 13-5 here on the draw. And it's 17-4 here on Tottenham locking this one up because I just cannot see Tottenham winning this game. We don't know what the situation here is of son and uh, i don't know the situation of other players here in the tottenham squad evil. you're looking at injuries picked up in the europa league to lucas mora and steven bergwijn you're looking at uh, joseph tanganga being an absentee because he was sent off last weekend against uh, crystal palace at selhurst park whereas chelsea have a full team to choose from here and they come into this having won 7 of their last 10 premier league fixtures um, Four of the last five games between Tottenham and Chelsea have produced under two and a half goals. And if it's a tight game, I know I'm going to want the Chelsea players out there who are used to winning these tight games and keeping clean sheets, something they've done in four of their last five competitive games. And they've also won all of those four out of the last five competitive games. The only game they didn't win was the draw against Liverpool, but they still haven't conceded a goal from open play this season. That was a Mo Salah penalty that they conceded to. So you add that on to what they did last season, which was another 11 clean sheets out of 19 Premier League games under Tuchel. And you're beginning to paint a picture here as to why they're becoming such a difficult team to play against and why I'm tipping them still to be the Premier League champions. They've won four of the last five Premier League meetings with Tottenham as well, including both away games in this period. And Romelu Lukaku He's the man in form. He's on fire at the moment. Yes, Ronaldo's come in and he's made a very good start to his Manu U career, scoring three and two. But Romelu Lukaku is such an improved player who makes so many contributions all around the pitch. He's now scored six goals in his last four appearances for club and country. So, I don't want to be against Chelsea here. Very, very simply for me, this has to be the lock of the week. I cannot see how they don't go to Tottenham and win this game. Plus, some of the shine has come off Tottenham's early start to the season. They did have three wins, but in those games they only scored three goals. Yes, they had three clean sheets, but there were three one nil wins and the gloss came off last weekend when they were beaten three nil away to Crystal Palace. They've now had to go to France, away to Rennes, where they had a two two draw, actually played some of their first team players and that I was surprised to see Harry Kane playing and now they come away here or they come home here and play Chelsea, a team they have a poor record against we don't know the status of Son. We don't know the status of other players here. So with all those question marks hanging around, I just don't see Tottenham winning this game. And I was there when Tottenham beat Manchester City earlier on in the season. I know that this team can rally together and put a performance together. So this can be a a scary pick on some levels. But for me, I, I also don't see that back to back where you get... Manchester City coming to Tottenham and you beat them and then the next top six club comes along and it's Chelsea and you beat them as well back to back victories against two teams who are supposed to be in the top four two title contenders I don't see it perhaps they'll get their next win against the top four team when Man United turn up there on October the 30th I will be at that game and I'll be very unhappy if we go to Tottenham and lose but I don't think Chelsea will I think there's just too much here to, to support Chelsea picking up this win and that includes the rest of well Chelsea played their Champions League game on Tuesday they didn't look particularly good but what they do is they keep clean sheets and they grind out wins and I expect them to grind out another one here so your lock here for this week will be Chelsea on the money line away to Tottenham on Sunday and that one is available at five to six as I said though lots of stuff I really like here on this show to get all of my official plays head over to lockbetting.com. That's where you can also get bonus podcasts, two podcasts for every Champions League match day. You get the Europa League show as well and the European show. And the European show is coming off a lock sweep at the weekend, 2 and oh lock sweeps. So as I get that show, head over to lockbetting.com. That's it for me. Good luck of all your bets as always. And thanks for listening.